If you'll take your Bibles now, and we're in Hosea chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1. And God willing, we'll be expounding verses 3 and 4. Hosea chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> Last week we read where God told Hosea to take a wife of whoredoms. Excuse me, and have children of whoredoms because the land had committed great whoredoms. And by taking a wife of whoredoms, Hosea, remember, represents God, whose wife, the people of Israel, or applying to us, uh, the church, uh, had been unfaithful to him, acted as a harlot by leaving their God, their husband, and serving false gods. Hosea. Loving his wife represents God loving his people who are all too often unfaithful to him. And the children that resulted from Hosea's marriage represent the circumstances that would result from Israel's unfaithfulness to God. Make sense? God told Hosea to take a wife of whoredoms. Look now in verse 3. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim. Well, don't name your daughter two names. Don't name her Jezebel and don't name her Gomer, right? But he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim. Now, Gomer was the wife of Hordoms, either because she had previously actually been employed as a prostitute or because she was a citizen of Israel which had been guilty of committing spiritual Hordoms. And so, being from Israel, a wife of Hordoms. Uh, in either case, Gomer represented a harlot who is now married to the prophet Hosea. In taking Gomer as his wife, she was his wife of whoredoms, look back in your text, which conceived and bare him a son. The harlot and the prophet had a child. And this is what God commanded Hosea to do. God told him to not only take a wife of whoredoms, but to take children of whoredoms as well. So here is Hosea's first child of whoredoms, a baby boy. Oh, I'm sure he was a proud father. Verse 4, And the Lord said unto him, that is unto Hosea, Call his name Jezreel. The title of the message this morning is, Name him Jezreel. Name him Jezreel. So here's this first child of whoredoms, a baby that God told him to name Jezreel. And parents usually choose the name of their children, don't they? How many of y'all chose the name of your children? It was up to you. You chose the name of your child. But you know, the truth is, and this is what we see in this text today, we see that God is sovereign over the life of your child. I'm going to say that again. It was Hosea's child. It was Gomer's child. For the time. But God was sovereign. Over the life. Of their child. The truth is. God is the creator of all life. Therefore all life belongs to God. The Lord had the right to name this little boy anything he wanted to. God made that little boy just like he made Hosea, just like he made Gomer. 
I've heard many parents say, oh, my son is my life. My daughter is my life. Parents, your child is not your life. God is your life. And your son and your daughter belong to God, not you. Here's a kingdom truth. If you make your children your life, then you will miss the life God made for you. I'll repeat that again. And this goes against the fleshly grain that we have as parents, but it's true. If you make your children your life, then you will miss the life God made for you. If you live to please your children like so many people do. There's a man I'm thinking of right now. And he's making some bad mistakes trying to please his child. If you live to please your children, you will fail to please God. But if you live to please God, you will never fail your children. Repeat that again. If you live to please your children, you will fail to please God. But if you live to please God, then you will never fail your children. I'm not saying your children won't ever fail you. I'm not saying your children won't ever fail God. I'm saying if you live to please God, you will never fail your children. I work with a man who lost his only son at a young age. The man told me his life hasn't been right ever since his child died. I understand that. He was raised in a religious home, but he's not very religious anymore. And you know, some people never recover after they lose a child. I understand that's hard, losing a child. It's hard losing a family member. Some people never recover after they lose a child, whether it's through death or through estrangement or through whatever. They mentally break down, and in many ways, they stop living altogether. But parents, if God left you here alive, then God left you here to live. Hear him? He wants you to flourish in your walk with Him in spite of your circumstances in this world. Earthly circumstances do not change heavenly purposes. You listening? Earthly circumstances. The earthly circumstances you're in right now do not change God's eternal heavenly purpose for you in this life. God has the right to give life and God has the right to take life away. Because our children do not belong to us. They belong to God. We are their caretakers. But God is their creator. God told Hosea, name him Jezreel. God had a purpose for baby Jezreel. From the very beginning. And it was Hosea's job as a parent to yield his child to the will of his creator. That's your job too. That's my job too. God said, name him Jezreel. Look back in your text. For yet a little while. And I will avenge the blood of Jezreel. This little baby was born from a woman of whoredoms. And he was born to announce the terrible outcome of Israel's sin. That was his purpose. And, and when God said, name him Jezreel, because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to avenge the blood of Jezreel. Hosea didn't say, well, Lord, 
Actually, I planned on my son becoming a prophet like me. I was thinking about naming him Hosea Jr. Hosea the second. Hosea didn't say that. Hosea didn't say, Lord, I want him to become a doctor. I was thinking about naming him Oz. You'll catch that in a minute. No, Hosea did what a godly parent should do. He yielded God's child to God's plan for his life. God said, name him Jezreel, because I am going to avenge the blood of Jezreel. Now, Hosea's child was a person, and Jezreel was a place. Okay? So Hosea's child was being named Jezreel after the place Jezreel. Jezreel was a place where a man named Jehu had unrighteously shed blood. That's why God said he was going to avenge the blood of Jezreel. And since Jehu was the one who unrighteously shed that blood, God said he was going to avenge it, look back in your text, upon the house of Jehu, the guilty party. So when baby Jezreel was born, the whole nation saw that Hosea's wife of whoredoms had given birth to God's vengeance upon unrighteous violence in the land. Israel, playing the whore with God, had given the birth to God's vengeance upon unrighteous violence in the land. Every time someone spoke this child's name, the house of Jehu would know that vengeance was coming upon them. And Hosea didn't say, God, I don't want my child to grow up with this burden on them. I don't want my little boy to be despised and talked about by the people because of his name. I want better for my son. No. Even though things could have been better, perhaps. Even though people wouldn't be talking about little Jezreel all the time. And he'd be known for God's judgment upon the land. Hosea didn't do that. Hosea resigned himself to God. To his will for that little boy's life. He obeyed the Lord. And he named him Jezreel. Listen church. When circumstances beyond your control. Touch the life of one of your children. In a negative way. When God's providence taps them on the shoulder and calls them to a life of heartache, to a life of pain, to a life of disappointment, to, a li to, to an early death. Or when God calls them to a distant land to serve Him. Don't throw in the towel and quit. Don't get angry with the Lord. You resign yourself to God's will for that child. And by faith... Name them Jezreel, trusting God to fulfill His purpose for His glory to their lives. The fact that God was going to avenge the blood of Jezreel shows us that God condemns unrighteous violence in our land. And you know something, in my lifetime, violence in our nation has shot through the roof. It's risen at an alarming rate. And God will judge a nation. God will judge people that use unrighteous violence to advance their agenda or that do not execute judgment upon violent people. 
We've all seen it. We've all seen in our nation the violent riots that happened in our nation. And you could see that certain people were using those riots to promote their godless agenda. We have seen that some people will be prosecuted for less things than other people are not prosecuted for. Unrighteous violence in our land. We have allowed uh, the, the godlessness and the violence to go on for so long and God will not tolerate a nation that tries to advance itself by unrighteous violence. By God's command, Jehu destroyed the house of Ahab and ruled in his place. That's what God said to do. Jehu destroyed the wicked house of Ahab. In 2 Kings, verse 10, I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 31, the Bible tells us that Jehu destroyed Ahab as God said. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. So Jehu didn't slay the house of Ahab for God's sake. He didn't destroy the king for righteousness' sake. He didn't kill people to lead the nation in obedience to God and His word. He shed blood to seize power in Israel for his own selfish gain. So even though Jehu's actions were right, his motives were wrong. And now his house would suffer God's judgment because of it. Here's a kingdom truth. Good actions do not justify bad motives. Boy, you can apply this. You can apply this in your life many, many circumstances. Good actions will never justify Bad motives. When it comes to obeying God, what we think in our hearts is just as important as what we do with our hands. So God said He would avenge the blood of Jezreel. Look back in your text. And call and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. Jehu's family would reign in Israel for only four generations. Because Jehu did what was right with his hands. But his family would be cut off from the throne of Israel because he did not do that which was right with his heart. 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 26 through 29, explains this. It says, And they brought forth the images out of the house of Baal and burned them. Hey, good deal. Jehu and them, they took those idols from the house of Baal and they burned them. Praise God for that. We're all for burning idols. It says, verse 27, And they break down the image of Baal and break down the house of Baal and made it a drawed house unto this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Praise the Lord. Verse 29, How be it from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. Do you see what happened? Man, 
This so applies to us today, folks. Jehu destroyed bell worship, but he supported calf worship. He tore down the church of Baal, but he supported the church of the golden calf, Brother Shepherd. So God rewarded Jehu for what he did with his hands, but he chastised him for what he did, didn't do with his heart. 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 30 through 32. And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, thy children, I'm sorry, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart, for he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam which made Israel to sin. In those days the Lord began to cut Israel short. Remember that's what Hosea said God would do. And Haziel smote them in all the coast of Israel. Because Jehu tore down the church of Baal, the devil made Jehu think that he was a real religious man. He was a real zealot for God. But because Jehu didn't follow God's word, all he did was exchange one idol for another. Baal for the uh, golden calf instead of Baal. Be careful, America. Be careful, Christians. Be careful, church leaders. Be careful that you don't become blind to one idol because you're destroying another. That's the lesson we learn here. Be careful that you don't become blind to not giving your tithes and offerings because you're taking a stand against abortion or church attendance. So I go to church. Everyone should be in church. And they should. What do you do when you get there? Be careful that you don't become blind to the sin of your pride. Your disobedience to God's word. Your neglect of the church. Your failure to share the gospel because you're taking a stand against homosexuality. Oh, take a stand against homosexuality. Tear down the bell idols. Drive them out of the house of God. But don't forget the golden calves too. Don't let your heart be deceived in thinking, because I am standing strong against one sin, that God will tolerate me embracing the other. True obedience doesn't come from a strong hand. It comes from a submissive heart. Why did Israel begin to decline? The same reason that America has begun to decline. The same reason many nations have declined over the years. Very simply, they took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel. And with that we'll close and go next door for our lunch and hopefully get back over here. Uh, let's try to get back uh, by uh, 12.30. That shouldn't be any problem, should it? No choir practice today. No choir practice. If we get back by 12.30, that'll give us plenty of time to eat, plenty of time to fellowship over there. Then we'll come back, have some testimonies, pray and go home. That sound all right?
All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the lessons you've given us. Help us, Lord, to follow you with our whole heart. To not be blind to the golden calves because we're standing against the idols of Baal. But let us follow all of your word. And Lord, when tragedy strikes our lives, our plans don't go the way we had for our children or for other things, help us, Lord, to remember to not be upset with you, to not fret, but by faith, name it Jezreel, and commit to serving our God in the circumstances that we're in. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Bless the food we're about to receive to, the, to our bodies and our bodies to your service. In Jesus' name, amen.